Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. You know, Vinny, I have so been looking for somebody that actually wants to talk about this. Okay. I really have. Since I, I've graduated. Since oh. I did get, yeah, I did. And, I, and someone is actually talking about why don't they fire my crappy boss. Oh. Hmm. I, I am so jazzed. Right now. <laughs> I do too. I know we're not going to do it because you no. know, you know, uh, yeah. Expert Andrew O'Keefe reveals how bad bosses thrive in the workplace, and I have so been wanting to talk to Andrew, and this is going to be a great conversation. Of course, Andrew O'Keefe has been observing bosses for many years. He's worked for bosses, and he's been a boss. And as a senior human resource executive, he's worked closely with a range of people, a range of bosses in diverse companies. So he and I have a lot in common in this way. Uh, you know, growing up in Australia, studying economics, industrial relations, and psychology at the University of Sydney, you know, you get a perspective. You get the academic perspective, and then you get the working perspective. And he's going to help answer the question, how come uh, up until now we haven't bridged the gap between academia and research and what the heck is really going on right now? In December, Andrew uh, will speak at a conference that features His Holiness the Dalai Lama. And, um, and you know, we're here today with looking at the boss. And this is a book that you, you and I, all of us, are going to, to need to look at and and the reason is, I don't know that it's getting any better. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Pat. Honestly, I, you know, I, I shared with you, I did my dissertation. And, you know, I wasn't able to say this is a study about crappy bosses, of course. Right. But in right. a sense, in a sense, it was this is a study about bosses that don't keep their promises. And in the same sense, it's kind of the same thing. But here you are out of the gate talking about this. My goodness. What is it that you know energized you to say we've got to have a different conversation about this? Yeah, well, the the energy came from some crappy bosses that I worked <laughs> for. Uh, they they weren't bad people. Let, let's not say that. Um, I, I was fortunate in my early years in uh, human resources in a range of companies in Australia to work with some fantastic bosses. Uh, along the way, latter part of my career, I worked with some people who didn't add the level of energy that I want, but I thank them for that because out of it I got the motivation to write this book, which is a novel based on true stories about bosses, and mm-hmm. I'm very much looking forward to talking to you about this story. And, you know, I'm so glad that you did put it in, you know, in writing and put it in, in the context of, you know, storytelling, right? Because that's what a novel is, yeah, correct? It's storytelling. Yeah. Exactly, and, and, and through the novel form I could touch on the emotion associated with, with bosses. Uh, when, as you would have done over the years, talk to people about yep. their boss, yep. people are rarely neutral on the topic. Uh, mm. People are instantly positive or negative. There's no question. There, there's no question. As a matter of fact, you know, my advisor in my committee said to me, we can't do your whole dissertation. We have to, you know, we'll do the first half and you can do postdoc research because I had 1,200 pages of interview wow. stories. 
<laughs> but you know, and you don't even have to say much, Andrew, right? I mean, no. you and I know. Ah, that's right. <laughs> when when, uh, when I mention to people I'm writing a novel based on true stories about boss, bosses, they, they jump over the table to tell me their story. <laughs> Why is that? I want to ask you that question. I know there are a lot of things we're going to explore, yeah. but I want to ask you that question. Yep. You, you yep. know, why is it that people are really so eager to talk about it? Uh, it's because the boss is so important in, in our life. The basic building block for humans as a social animal is our family size group of around seven people, which, which just happens, not coincidentally, to correspond to the size of our work teams. And at the head of that team, like the head of a family, at work is the boss. And so it, it's to do with, with power, it's to do with what we want from our boss in terms of support, and, and it, it, it relates to the one thing we want as a social animal is to progress within our social group, and we can only do that at work with the support of our boss. So we, we feel that um, acutely as to that relationship we have with this really important person in our life. Mm. And 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 in, in, we're not even going to talk about the level of stress because I bet you have lots of stories about the effects of this um, and and the wide range. But how would you define a crappy boss? Because I want to get to this. I, you know, there there are many ways to do it, and I've so been wanting to ask you that question. Yeah, yeah. So so for me, it's about power and energy. That uh, mm. good bo- bosses versus bad bosses. The bad bosses sap people's energy, both. Uh, for work, work life as well as work or uh, life outside of work, home life, and they do that by basically the inappropriate use of power. Mm. And you know what's interesting when we see when we hear a term like this, Andrew, and I want to talk to you about it. You know, we go to a movie. Uh, you know, we go to a movie like The Firm, where that is extreme power and unusual situations. But power doesn't have to be so hmm, grandiose. There is power. I think you're referring to that can affect people largely, but when it shows up, it's real subtle. Yeah, one, one story I was told, this is at the level of a first-line supervisor, this one staff member wanted time off, which she was entitled to, to attend her grandmother's funeral. And her supervisor, in begrudgingly granting the day off, said to her, she was an old woman, she was due to die. Mm. Which is just so uncaring. I can't even, and, and of course I can't even that, imagine it. For that supervisor, the, the, she's just not entitled to be... Mm. the manager of that person from that point on. Mm. Uh, you know, it's amazing some of the things that are said by bosses. And um, and I wanted to ask you, you know, there are many bad bosses, and there were many when I did my dissertation when the economy was good. And I can only imagine the stress uh, right now with people being under enormous stress to keep their jobs uh, and having bosses that they feel they could do nothing about. I mean, you know, why have we actually created this cycle, this syndrome? It's actually a phenomenon, I think. Yeah, I, I think so too, and, it, and it's universal. Um, uh, you know, 80% of people who resign from their jobs do so because of an unsatisfactory relationship with their manager. You, you would have found the same thing in your research and discussions. No question. Um, it's to do um, significantly with the culture that's established by the two or three most powerful people, the top executives in an organisation. And, and my, my encouragement to those two or three, whether they're owners or 
or the or the lead executives is to be very concerned about the culture that you're establishing and have a balance between driving for business results and to ensure the other side of the balance that your managers focus on the people element of their responsibilities because in the long term that, that's going to be where the energy, creativity and productivity of your business comes from. Well, and you know, part of this is that... Um, um we all get into you know, yeah we all get into positions with ourselves where we take a job we think we're going to have a fabulous career and we're not really you know Andrew we're not really prepared for the bad boss you know what i'm saying yeah i mean i don't think so. we come in and we say oh i got to get ready i got to get my bad boss toolkit out <laughs> Wow. Yeah, and certainly, um, in fact, that's the, the plot of, of the book, The Boss. Um, Lauren leaves one company to get away from this horrible manager, joins his new company, the job of a dreams, like you said. Yeah. And, but it doesn't work out so well because of the dysfunctional managers, the executives that she's working for. And everything that happens to her is true. It's all based on these tales that I was told woven together in, in, in a single story. And, and my motivation, which was probably similar to yours, was uh, I'm hoping that people in reading the book, uh, if they're in a difficult situation, that they're reassured that the difficult situation is probably not about you. It's probably about the boss and it's probably about the culture in which you're, you're working. And I've had a lot of feedback from readers with, with that reassurance that they've experienced that and also actually wondering, people I've never met, wondering how I knew their organisation, unfortunately. You know, that's a question we get a lot. You know, it's almost as if people read your book, right, Andrew? And they think, oh, my gosh, he must have gotten research right from here. And what it says is that there's a universality to crappy bosses. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is what we're talking about here. You know, your book may be a novel. And you know what's kind of interesting about this? And I'm sure you've, you've run up against this yourself, is that especially in the research world where you know you do you do information they call it anecdotal then you do some some other data and you you know it measures a few things but you can't really put point to cause but in front of you everything screams about the effect of this why is it we're so not wanting to hear your message my message what is it about organizations that that kind of puts them in this mode like they can't hear they hear they can't see yeah i think people look for a more complex answer um and <laughs> and they miss the obvious that's staring them right, right in their nose and and that is that the one thing as organizational leaders as hr professionals that we most need to focus on is ensuring the quality of the relationship between people and their immediate manager. And you don't need a lot of data. You don't need a lot of analysis. Um, you certainly need a robust uh, process, which is around taking care in the appointment of leaders uh, to give them good tools to manage the people to mention, give them skills and training, but then very much so hold them accountable uh, measure measure the relationship um, of, of the teams have with their immediate manager, and and don't avoid. You see, apart from looking for other data, you can also avoid the difficult um, decisions to do with people who don't deserve to be in charge of others. Uh, you know, I want to mention to everyone, Andrew O'Keefe is my very special guest today. Yeah, you know, the new novel is The Boss, 
And I want to make sure that you can go check this out and go to the website. I've got hardwiredhumans.com, hardwiredhumans.com. You know, Andrew, I know that you travel around the world. I mean, you know, you're going to be in the presence of his holiness. You are, you are speak, you speak at some of the, the, the most influential conferences around the country. And I wanted to ask you, how this book relates to your, Andrew O'Keefe, your overall message for global change. Yeah, my overall message, I'm really ho- I'm hoping that this is a book of hope, uh, that it gives staff, uh, employees, hope as to what they can do in associating with Lauren's, the main character's experience. Uh, I'm hoping, secondly, that bosses, that organisations uh, use this as an opportunity to take a, a look inside um, the, the pot, I've lifted the lid or I've exposed um, what really happens given that I'm an insider having worked in senior HR roles with companies, good companies like IBM and others. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I'm, my hope is that this uh, leads to more constructive workplaces uh-huh. where particularly bosses say, yeah, gee, I do have a big impact on people's spirit and productivity. Uh, I need to do better at, uh, at being the sort of pe- person who others want to work for. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, uh, you know, we talk about bad bosses, good bosses, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, so to speak. You know, can people change? I mean, can these bosses that are in these positions, can they change? And honestly, do they want to? Uh, absolutely, they can, and absolutely, they'll want to if the most senior people in the organization are demanding it of them. So, so people, bosses like the rest of us, are pretty smart people. Um, Bosses who want to get on, uh, who want to get promoted, will want to look good for senior management. Often, unfortunately, that means that bosses have to be very good at managing up, but they can be crappy at managing down. And in what what constructive organisations do is ensure they discover those people who are not managing down appropriately, that is looking after their own team. And in those really good organisations, managers get to know that I'm not going to survive in my job as a manager. I'm not going to get on around here if I treat my people terribly. And, and that, that just is part of the organisational culture that needs to be established. You know, and, and honestly, a lot of this really has to do with corporations because there's a whole other scenario for small businesses or family-owned businesses. And there, is a, and there is a different... I think we have to differentiate because in the corporate world, there really is a limit to how crappy you could be at some level. You know, there's a line that if you cross it, you're going to be in trouble. Um, in most smaller businesses, not so much. Um, and I wanted to ask you about how you would encourage people that are in either position to take back their lives. Yes, yeah, so if, um, if staff members are finding it difficult, then um, obviously the point of last resort and one which is more limited in the current economy yeah. is to seek to transfer or resign. So that, that, that's the ultimate. Um, short, short of that, um, uh, initially I'd, I'd recommend that People, first of all, understand the boss's perspective. There's also a lot of pressure on bosses. Uh, maybe even check with your peers as to whether they're experiencing a similar thing that you are. Um, secondly, in terms of taking back responsibility or the power, to generate a conversation with your boss about clarifying your boss's expectations and do that by asking two questions. Hey, boss, 
what are the two or three things I'm doing really well? And are there one or two things that I'm not doing well you'd like me to change? And, and what happens with the second part of that question, are there two or three things I should do better? It, it can actually um, diffuse any frustration that the boss might be harbouring. And, and once that, just that, that frustration being expressed actually diminishes uh, the issue quite often. And then the third step short of resigning would be if, if you're in a really difficult situation, being bullied and the like, mm-hmm. then um, just work through whether you can talk to human resources or senior management. And, and just a word of caution there, provided that in your organisation you can trust that process. That's a really good point. That's a really good point, because the people in human resources are also looking out for their jobs right now. And honestly, I think they always have. They've always been in the middle. Uh, Yeah, certainly as a HR person myself, I took um, um, my responsibility very seriously about the the moral obligation of ensuring that we had workplaces where people could come to work, uh, live their lives as they would want to, and not be harmed Mm -hmm. physically or mentally. And, and I think it calls for HR to take a level of courage with their responsibility and, and to, to manage, um, yeah, the, the implications of staff and management uh, carefully but really deliberately and, and to fulfil that obligation. Well, and that's why I'm not in HR anymore. And, you know, like yourself, I mean, you know, I was pretty high on the ladder. You know, implementing a downsizing program that fires somebody one month away from full pension wasn't it was the last straw for me. And I wanted to ask you, Andrew, you know, are we entering an age right now where we're cultivating a culture of bad bosses? And are we going to a point of no return? Uh, I wouldn't be... I know, that's that's a little gloom and doomy. Yeah, I wouldn't be that, that gloomy. Um, <laughs> um, I think if, if people like you and I keep talking about the subject, revealing it in, in the different ways mm-hmm. that, that we do... Then, then I'm hoping that there's quiet resolutions um, from either immediate supervisors or senior managers who say, yeah, for the sustainability of our organisation, this is one topic, although it's really hard, that is the, the quality of our managers, it's the one thing we have to get right. Yep. There are studies that go back into the 70s, and, you know, I, I, I remember putting this in my in my paper, that talked about the relationship between employee and supervisor. And it was it was an, an extraordinary study of its time. I actually used it as the basis for my dissertation because I asked the question, what, when did we forget this? When did we forget that our employees are so motivated and so driven to excellence beyond the job description by the way they feel? And I wanted to ask you about that feeling, about what it really takes to be an extraordinary organization today. Yeah, well, I can start that by just an example of one really good CEO, chief executive I was told about. I asked this group of people, what was it like working here? We'll call him Bob. What what was it like working here when Bob was the CEO? He just recently left, and they had tears in their eyes as they fondly remembered this man. And I said, "What? can you give me a story as to an example? And they said, yeah, it was one, happened to be Christmas Day in Australia, which is our sort of primary family celebration. Uh, and Bob, um, excuse me, <clears throat> Bob, Bob called the call centre and he, Mary answered and he said to Mary, hi, Mary, this is Bob. I'm at home opening presents with my children. I know you're not. You're, you're there with the team supporting our customers. Um, please pass on my thanks to the team. 
and please, when you get home, have a good day with your family. Mm. And, and that was just the nature of this, this person. Um, you, you, and that, that's not fake because you wouldn't get away with it if right. it was fake. It was just, it was genuinely the way this guy thought about things. And, and you could imagine, yeah, to your point, that just that, that 15, 30 seconds of amount of time um, to, to just think about, care about your people and do things like that just generates so much energy and goodwill uh, as it did in this organization. Well, I, you know, I have to tell you, I am so thrilled you joined us today, Andrew. I know you have a website. I believe it's greatbosses.com. Is that the place people can go? Yeah, so you can go to greatbosses.com to buy the book. Uh, hardwiredhumans.com is the main area of my work. The right. book's available from uh, Amazon bookshops and the like. And as I said at the beginning, if uh, people are searching for O'Keefe, it's with two Fs, as in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I, I've so enjoyed talking to you, Andrew, and I really honor the work that you're doing. I mean, it is bold, especially someone in your position that speaks across the globe, to come out with a book such as the one that you did, The Boss, and to really tell the stories the way that people are telling them to you. And and integrity is not something we talked today about in this interview, but I would love to invite you back to talk about integrity, to have a Thank conversation you. and an interview about that. That's something that's near and dear to my heart as well. Everyone, great conversation, great book, The Boss. Andrew O'Keefe, go to the website, hardwiredhumans.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of The Dr. Pat Show. Mm-hmm.